It's Thursday night at 9pm and you know what that means. Hello and welcome one and all once again to the Charisma Vacuum Podcast. My name is Daniel and I'm delighted that you've taken the time to join us on this episode 016, episode 16 of the show. We cover a nerdery, we cover geekdom, we cover pop culture and more, all that good stuff. Currently streaming live on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash Charisma Vacuum. And archiving the show on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, Castbox, and wherever you get your podcasts from. If you enjoy the show, please give us a subscribe or a uh, follow if you're on Twitch. A like would be nice. And if you'd like to send us an email, please feel free to do so at ChrismaVacuumPodcast at gmail.com. Whatever you've got to say, we would love to hear it. I am joined, as I am every week on the show, by my co-host. He goes by the name Mr. Matt. He is the internet's one and only source of Shelob Rule 34. <laughs> <laughs> I'd li- I'd really like to think that that were true. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, th- I think it is. Let- let's face it, it is. Th- th- there's no one else who covers that niche quite as well I, as you I, do. I think I am the world's first scaly, um, and I-, I proudly bear the title of Crocodildo. <laughs> and I trademarked that. Oh, that's how I, how I was going to introduce you. I totally forgot. Oh, oh my what a apologies. Yeah, I'd been planning the Shelob intro ever since last week, but you did uh, <laughs> you did you you came up with that wonderful crocodildo phrase during the week, and uh, I I did mean to introduce that. So um, next week, yeah, I'll I'll adapt the intro, and it'll be well. Christ knows how I'll do that, but I'll figure it out somehow. Well, we'll probably have found some new fetish for me to glob onto by the end of this episode, and it'll all be fairly redundant. <laughs> we, we like to keep an open mind on the show, as is clear. We do. We're very open-minded and, and tolerant of all beliefs and fetishes. Just not racist. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, was, I nearly doubled down on that, and then, and then the YouTube you know, censorship bar sort of flashed in my brain and said, No! Don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) Don't mention the Greeks. (laughs) Yes, this is the Charisma Vacuum Podcast. Thank you for joining us. If this is your first time, and welcome back. If it is your maybe second, third, fourth time. So sorry if this is your first time. Yeah, they've already switched off. Um, Matt, how the devil are you? I'm doing okay. Yeah, not so bad at all. It's, It's nice to be back. And have someone to talk to about something. I don't care what it is. <laughs> You're making lockdown sound so positive and fun. Uh, isn't it? I mean, we're shut-in nerds. We always have been. And basically, this has brought everyone else on the planet down to our level. So, uh, yeah, what's not to like? That's very true. I think that's why everyone's going insane. Mm. Um, and yet we're keeping our heads above it. Exactly. This is this is, uh, this is heaven. Um, not that, you know, all, all due respect to all the uh, terrible stuff going on in the world, but, um, yeah, being uh, shut-ins and, and um, purveyors of, uh, of, of geek culture, it uh, really is quite magnificent in, in many ways. And, um, it, it, of course, through the winter, so it's nice and dark and you can enjoy your um, medias um, in, the, in the nice darkness of... Um, winter. That was too many times in winter. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> How wistful. <laughs> um, we are, of course, a few days before Valentine's Day, um, 
we are going to steer towards that, I think, aren't we? We're going to um, mm-hmm. maybe uh, talk about a few things here and there that... Uh, well, well, Matt's got a lot to get off his chest. Let's let's put it that way. I think today's going to be a therapy session for uh, for Matt. Oh, yeah, it's it's going to be wonderful. We're going to have some insights, some revelations, and we're all going to walk away thoroughly disgusted and embarrassed. <laughs> it's going to be great. Speaking of being thoroughly disgusted and embarrassed, have you heard that the CW has accepted to do a pilot of a live action misanthropic? Powerpuff Girls TV show. Oh no! This is just a few hours old, and oh, yeah, let me look into it. Yeah, no. they they want to make it dark and depressing and real, and they're going to be in their twenties and disenfranchised because the world no longer needed heroes, and now they're trying to get back into the superhero game. And I want to die. Didn't they try to do this with Teen Titans and it went horribly wrong? Am I getting that right? They did. It did. It was called Titans. And they also tried it with something else, I think, called Winx. Um, Netflix tried it. They're taking a, a children's show and trying to like age it up and uh, make it for adults. And it just failed spectacularly. Um, and now the CW of Rivendale fame uh, think that they can do better. Then, so the C- it, is it Craig McCracken? Yeah, just... that sounds about right. Craig McCracken definitely yeah. did Fosters. Uh, mm. Yeah, that's him. Yeah, they they did the same shows, I think, didn't they? Yeah, they think they can do better than Craig McCracken's absolutely seminal works. Yeah, Powerpuff Girls, Powerpuff Girls, Foster's Home from Imaginary Friends, and then two others that I've never heard of before: Wonder Over Yonder and Kid Cosmic. Mm. Oh, Wonder of Yonder is meant to be really good. Oh, oh wow. You'd expect it to be really. Um, mm. uh, right. Uh, uh, the CW has made a number of orders for the 2021-22 season, including a pilot order for the live-action Powerpuff Girls series. In total, the CW announced three pilot orders and one straight-to-series pickup, with the latter being a reboot of the series The 44. What? The 4400 is like only a few years old. How can they reboot it already? Yeah, it's not even a decade old. Oh my god. This is what happens when uh, there's no shame anymore in, in running out of ideas. Mm. <laughs> but... oh, they're just coming from the 90s now. We've had the 80s renaissance and I... what are they going to do to Johnny Bravo? Because they're going to want to... Maybe they'll make him like a um, a political commentary but mm. I imagine all the cartoon cartoons are probably going to get sucked up into this. Powerpuff Girls being the obvious one um, to go first. But, um, yeah, I can see the cartoon cartoons being pillaged and ransacked over the next few years. I don't think they'll go anywhere near Johnny Bravo. I think he's too uh, um, 90s. He's too misogynistic and womanizing. I think that's and... why they do it. Not to set is a good thing, but to have him be like a cautionary tale. Maybe even making him a villain in the Powerpuff Girls. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, some like an ultimate crossover. Uh, I, d- I definitely don't think they'll give him his his own show. Um, no, no, they'll they'll make him a villain. Perhaps I'm just going to uh, photograph something and send it to you because you uh, made that sound very dodgy. Look- would you like to rephrase that? No, no, I would not. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to wish that I'd sent you something that you were thinking of. It's far, far worse. 
Right, okay. This is hopefully what the show will look like because I will watch it if this is concept art. <laughs> okay, um, let's see what Matt sent me. The... <laughs> okay. Can, can... Tell me you wouldn't watch that. Can you uh, can you get this to me on the computer and I'll uh, I'll, I'll I put this probably screen. can <laughs> fill for time. Uh, sure. Um, a terrible job. I'm just okay. All right. Um, so variety have oh that's on MSN, right? That was misleading. So that's the variety article. Okay. Um, so no suggestions at the minute as to who's running the show or who they plan to cast um well who who would you cast um what they've been doing recently is um for one of a better term sort of blackwashing a lot of ginger characters so i think yes, they're gonna they go, yeah they're gonna go african-american for blossom they're, uh, they're going to make Buttercup a lesbian because she's, you know, women can't just be feisty tomboys anymore. They have to be lesbians if they're going to be like that. And Bubbles will be, I don't know. I don't know. What, what do you do with Bubbles? You can't have her as the slut anymore. <laughs> Not as if she ever was. I was going to say. Um, she was the ditzy one who used to. You. <laughs> 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 You've really surprised me. We're after a I'm like a like word association game. <laughs> What's the first word you but think? I love of... these characters. I absolutely love them. Like I'm just going to touch. So what? Not naive, not wayfish, not charmingly ditzy. You can uh... <laughs> right. Yeah, blonde, um... childlike. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 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 oh dear. Um yeah, I think I think they'll probably leave Bubbles alone. Well, they'll just get rid of her altogether. <laughs> no, I mean that they they might actually just allow her to be blonde and ditzy. Um I don't think you're allowed to do that anymore. When was the last time you saw a ditzy blonde character? I don't know. Um uh, uh, Oh, will she just be um she'll just be Captain Marvel? Oh, they're all yeah. just going to be Captain Marvel, aren't they? This is this is the Captain Marvel pilot for a TV series. Yeah, where all three of them play the same character. Yeah, with slightly different degrees of militant feminism. That is a very good shout. Uh, have you managed to send me that image? I have. Yes. Sorry, I, I thought that was self-evident. Right. Oh, okay. Self-evident. Fine. Uh, da, 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 da. <laughs> I just assumed that you had your, your Gmail open, so um, I, I just. Popped it over there. Uh, no. Right here we go for people on the um, on the uh, YouTube's or the Twitches. <laughs> this is here's what Matt sent me. <laughs> so um, yeah, d don't do this. It's it's essentially a horrifying image of um, you can only describe them as Christmas baubles with ginormous freakish eyes. <laughs> um. <laughs> I, I want to see this. This is this would get me to watch it. Uh, in the same way that you watch a car crash, I suppose. <laughs> it's just I no. But no. what else do you do with them? You either just make them human, or you lean into the fact that they're like no fingered, light bulb headed eyes with mouths attached. I th yeah, I think that's just what they're going to do. They've done it with all the other um, adaptations they've done. 
you know, as you say, uh, Riverdale and uh, Titans and whatever else I'm sure they've done, uh, they are all just, they're essentially the same show. They are dark Mm. and they are... um, Melodramatic. Melodramatic, heavily sexualized. And I I can imagine this being exactly the same. Highly sexualized. Not even the Japanese, when they did uh, Powerpuff Girls X, managed to over-sexualize them. Hmm. CW will find a way. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was. Or Power of Girls. It'll be highly sexualized in the way that the recent Charlie's Angels did, where it was like we're sexy women, but we're not taking any shit. Mm. Um, and then they Which, just... isn't that what they did with the the first reboot of Charlie's Angels? And it was really good, campy fun because everyone was clearly having an absolute blast. The films aren't good, but they're fun. Yeah, the tongue in cheek, and the recent one mm. wasn't. They were they were dead serious about. How um, how how they hate men really? I suppose. Oh, y- y- women can't be fun anymore. They have to be strong and powerful. <laughs> mm. Wasn't um, what's the name of the oh, the guy on the phone in Charlie's Angels? Is the B Bosley? Bosley? Did he? Spoiler alert! I don't know. Well, I don't know if this is a spoiler, but um, it was. I saw it in a video. What wasn't he the villain in that? Did he turn out? I think so. Yeah. Which. Tells you everything you need to know, really, mm. about... Uh, it was Patrick Stewart as well, isn't it? Um, yeah, from memory. Mm. I don't know why we're talking about this. <laughs> yeah, a topic that neither of us have any interest or <laughs> uh, or personal experience with. Charlie's Angels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that's what the internet needs more of. Just just two guys <laughs> talking, <laughs> talking about something that they've never seen, making wild speculation. <laughs> Oh, quantum physics. <laughs> um, but that's a horrifying way to open the show, so thank mm. you for that, Matt. No problem. Oh, they couldn't even do him. I mean, him was, if you pardon the pun, transgressive at the time, but he would be so problematic now. How many of their villains would they not be allowed to do? Um, well, I mean... The 20, yeah, the they... 2016 got rid of um, Cerebe- uh, not Cerebellum... Um, yeah, it was Miss Bellum, wasn't it? Yeah, Sarah yeah, Bellum. yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. got rid of her because she was um, uh, over-sexualized, even though she was one of the most competent characters in the entire town. Well, they're all um, stereotypes, aren't they? The Powerpuff Girls villains of, of some sort. Um, you've got the uh, the hick little gnat creature thing. Fuzzy Lumpkin. Um, yeah, although I don't think they'll be too bothered about um, satirizing him. Ah, uh, they'll just make him a uh, a, uh, a Magna supporter. <laughs> Mojo Jojo is, as you know, has the voice of a uh, Chinese man. <laughs> you know, he, yep, so, so he'll be banned. <laughs> so no to Mojo Jojo. Um, no to Mojo Jojo. And then him, as you say, is a trans. Whatever, uh, high, incredibly effeminate uh, man thing. Um, so you got the—I can't remember the names now. My mind's completely gone. So you got the amoeba um, gangsters, you know, amoeba boys, amoeba boys. Who? Medusa. They'll be fine. Yeah, they'll be all right. There. Medusa's fine. The Dukesers. The gangrene gang. Gangrene gang. Yeah, they'll be fine. They'll be fine. The rowdy rough boys. The they'll be fine. Gender swap girls, um, and. Um, the princess princess what's her face mm. so yeah i mean 
well, you got two, four, six, eight. You got just under half of those there. But yeah. I mean, I don't know how how you adapt the Amoeba Boys <laughs> to the, <laughs> you know. So I mean, we, we we're talking about this as if uh, as if it's the animated show. But I I honestly wouldn't know how they adapt these villains. You'd probably think that they won't. Um, oh, they just make them CGI blobs that wobble around. Mm. Easy as that. They put a fedora on them. <laughs> They'd probably be the easiest villains to do out of a lot of them, to be honest. I feel I feel like that should be the first port of call for any costume department. Is uh, can we just put a fedora on it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Andy Circus. <laughs> <laughs> put a fedora on him. Job's done. Ah, oh, Andy Circus would make an amazing Mojo Jojo. Get Matt Reeves to write the script. Andy Serkis <laughs> as Mojo. <laughs> uh, who's the other one? Doug. Uh, Doug well, who's he? Doug. Doug Dimmadone. Done with the Dimsdale Dimmadone. <laughs> <laughs> no, the one who was Silver Surfer and uh, is oh, oh Doug Jones. Doug Jones, that's it. Um, always in Guillermo del Toro. Have they, have they ever have they ever been in a film together in a, in a mocap off? Um, it feels ooh, a, yeah, feels a, a that needs to happen. It's almost like if they need a long man, then they'll get um, Doug Jones. But if they can engineer a long man, then they'll go for Andy Serkis. So no, I don't think so. And now I just want to see them fight, <laughs> not in a movie, but just in the street. <laughs> Who would win? <laughs> um. So that's the Powerpuff Girls live action horrifying news that we've just been brought. Have you, um, we, we, we're skipping in all manner of different directions of the uh, structure of today's show. Have you, have you done anything interesting this week, Matt? I've uh, been watching a fair bit of Spectacular Spider-Man. Uh, that seems to be all the rage at the minute. Yeah, yeah. In all accounts, it's come to Netflix. Um, so a lot of people are discovering the show for the first time and a lot of people rediscovering the show. Um, which is great because it started a bit of a, a grassroots campaign to try and save the show in some capacity, which probably isn't going to happen, but it's nice for it just to be back on the radar because it's just perfect. It's absolute perfection. Did we, How did we come across Spectacular Spider? Did you see it? And we, we both watched it at university when it aired and yeah. we were horrified by the animation style um, because it was during the age when everything was sort of scaling back and getting very basic. We and so we watched the first episode, sort of wrote it off, and then you got back to me years and years later saying, oh, my God, if only we'd just persisted with it for another 20 minutes. Um, and uh, I think we sat down and watched all 26 episodes in one night, didn't we? Uh, yeah, yeah, cool. pretty much. And that was... Like only a week after I'd watched it all <laughs> front mm. to back uh, before then. Sounds silly done. Yeah, it it really is a, pardon the pun, a sensational series. Um, it And as you say, I think, is the first episode Lizard? First few episodes of the Lizard arc? I think it's Vulture and it Vulture? Uh, Fancy Dan, Ox and uh, Monto uh, Montana as the um, the main villains. And then Electro was the second episode, and I think that's where we sort of tuned out. Yeah, uh, I just remember being really um, disinterested. I think with mm. with the second episode, whatever it was, 
Um, and then, yeah, it was, as you say, it was years later and uh, the infamous Mike, I was I was over at uh, his house and um, he was like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm watching this show. I just go through them every now and again. It's really good. Uh, I'll put an episode on. And I was like, <laughs> thinking <laughs> it'd be akin to, uh, you know, the garbage. Well, I'm trying to think of a bad adaptation. But uh, they're all actually pretty decent. From what, like Ultimate Spider-Man or adaptation of yeah, 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 yeah. It's Ultimate Spider. I didn't see Ultimate Spider-Man. It was Disney's Marvel's Spider-Man, which yes. was terrible. Ultimate it... Spider-Man was awful. Spider-Man Unlimited was awful. Um... Is uh, was it Ultimate Spider-Man that had? Um... Uh, da, 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 I forgot his name. Oh God, my brain tonight. Um, what's his face from Community as uh, as Miles Morales? Um, oh, what's his name? I think I think so. Um, Donald Glover. <laughs> Donald Glover, yeah, yeah. Donald Glover as uh, Miles Morales. Let's have a look at that. Du, 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 du. Which again, perfectly fine. I mean, he plays his uncle in uh, the MCU movies, so that's a nice bit of continuity. Uh... The, yeah, yeah, Donald Glover voices Mouse Morales in Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, so I just assumed it would be more like that, and it really isn't. Just with the one episode that he put on, which, uh, which I can't remember what it was now, it immediately drew me in, and it really is just a slow start, I think. Uh, the rest, every single episode, is consistently exceptional at, uh, at world-building. And creating um, just characters that you are desperate to uh, follow and take an interest in, and I think I saw it three times all the way through in uh, in in a short period of time because, especially with the way it finishes on a cliffhanger mm. and none of the stories are, are wrapped up, um, it is one of those experiences where you are happy just to experience it again, just to get more <laughs> and um what episode do you want at the minute oh i'm just randomly going through them uh to be honest um because i've watched them all through and through a couple of times so now i'm just hopscotching just going ah yeah right i'm, I'm sort of following the green goblin storyline in no particular order at the moment mm. that's an um, excellent arc and, and so good uh, i mean uh, one of the big things that can stop a lot of people getting into the show is the animation style, which is very, it's it's very stylized uh, and and bold, which can be a little bit jarring. But it's the characters, the voice acting, the writing—it's that trifecta, and you grow to like the art very quickly. But it can be sort of sort of jarring, uh, mm. and the Green Goblin, especially with sort of like Flat Cap and his squeaky voice. Initially, when he cropped up, it's like, oh god, no, <laughs> they were doing so well. Um, but within you know a couple of couple of scenes with him, it's just like, yeah, this is the Green Goblin. He is absolutely perfect. Um, and the the back and forth thing—it's not just Spider Man that's quipping; it's it's everyone else. There's great banter between. Spider-Man and the villains. It, oh, it's so good. <laughs> it's so, so good. And the banter is always... If you're going to make a Spider-Man uh, product, the banter is what you need to get nailed, I think, as, as much as anything, mm. isn't it? And that's why I see a lot of people... Well, I, I think you were one of them as well, that said, 
one of the things that bothered you about the Raimi Spider-Man was that Tobey Maguire never had the ability to do the. He 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 wasn't Spider-Man. He was he was a brilliant uh, Peter Parker, but he wasn't Spider-Man. He couldn't do the the quips. Uh, and uh, conversely, that's what Andrew Garfield could do. He was an exceptional Spider-Man, but he was just a terrible uh, Peter Parker. And um, uh, the writing for Spectacular in the Spider-Man sense is, is just, it's up there with the classics from the from the comics. Uh, yeah. No question. Um, there's, there's one that had me laughing earlier uh, where... Um... Green Goblin's holding, Tim Stone's holding like a, a fancy ball. None of the town know that he's the kingpin of crime and Green Goblin crashes the party. And uh, Spider-Man turns up on the scene and he shouts down to the party, uh, hey, can I come in through this window or should I break my own? And then that just sparks <laughs> off a lot of back and forthing and, and quipping on one-liners between him, Tombstone and the Goblin. It's just, ah, oh, wonderful, wonderful stuff. Uh, so you were talking about um, there being a cry all of a sudden to save Spectacular Spider-Man. I found the article. It's from five days ago. Uh, so, Save Spectacular Spider-Man began trending on Twitter on February the 6th, showing an outpouring of fans who'd love to see another installment. Uh, in December 2020, co-director Greg Wiseman shut down the odds of a third season, but that hasn't stopped fans from asking for more Spider-Man Tales. On January the 18th, Wiseman retweeted another Save Spectacular Spider-Man post on Twitter from a fan who thought the show ended abruptly and replied with, uh, there are no there as no cliffhanger I think that's a typo. Mm -hmm. um, there is can you read that? Do you know that? There as no uh, cliffhanger. And in Oh, there was Oh, sorry. There, this there is actually no Yeah, yeah. This is actually CBR that's got that wrong. That's terrible journalism. Uh, there was no cliffhanger, and in the extremely unlikely event that it came back, it would never finish. Uh, which is very interesting. Uh, it's one of those cases where if it came back, it wouldn't be quite the same. Some Something would have changed, like the animation style, or the writers, or the studio interference, or, or whatever. Um, you only have to look at Young Justice, um, Greg Wiseman's slightly more acclaimed show certainly more popular show um young justice yeah which uh, season two ended on a hell of a cliffhanger and um after about five maybe six years maybe even more of of people demanding a season three they finally got it and it was so awful it was absolutely abysmal and i'm, I'm pretty sure all the talent came back but um we couldn't even finish it. We got within about four episodes of the end. Um, and we just had it on in the background where we were playing um, a, a Lego game. You know, you need distractions when you're playing the Lego games. And we we couldn't even do that. We we had to switch over to Harley Quinn and, uh, and Poison Ivy um, just because that was great. <laughs> that was so much more <laughs> worth to watch than this show that we've been hoping for years would finally get closure. And the moment the story was sort of coming to a head, it was like, fuck it what's the point <laughs> mm. let's just watch the fun show that's actually got good continuity and characters and development and everything else so yeah maybe it's for the best that the um the show won't come back because that way it could have always been something great rather than proving to be something disappointing well it happens time and time again isn't it we were so excited for the return of arrested development and mm. um i'm struggling to think of another example but there definitely is one Basically, shows that have come back on the buffers. 
Well, I, I'd argue even something like Family Guy, personally. Mm. Um, which I don't think ever... Futurama? Fut- oh, Futurama's perfect. Uh, yeah. Did not like Futurama after it returned. Um, it got better after the first dozen episodes. The, the following season was really good. Mm. And it ended on a high. Yeah, Again. I, 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 I hear it ended really well. Um, I did watch a few of the supposedly better episodes and they were fine but it always felt to me as if uh, the magic had been lost mm. and um yeah I, I i think there is that matter of um something can simply just uh have, have moved on from its time and you know 2008 is a long time ago 13 years and some things are uh, you know, lightning in a bottle, and mm. to think that that can be recaptured so long after is a bit naive. I mean, there's, you know, it's possible that it might. There's always hope. There's always hope, but uh, I think I wouldn't want to take the risk. Yeah, I, I think a lot of these are probably just kids that have come around to the series for the first time and have had the exact same reaction that we did when we first mm. uh, watched it, which was, why was this cancelled? <laughs> what, what, what was supposed to happen after this? And you just desperate for any little bit of, mm. of information because that's how a show like that can get you. And um, and so that's understandable. But yeah, I, I, it, it won't come back. And and I think, unfortunately, that's for the best. I am no. curious. I was, I was reading through these tweets uh, that Greg Wiseman has put saying there was no cliffhanger in the extremely uh, unlikely event that it came back. It would never finish. Well, I mean, there was a cliffhanger. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> you know, it, there was quite categorically a, a cliffhanger that was leading on to season three. I'm pretty sure that um, I read a full article. Uh, I can't remember. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they, they had uh, Hydro-Man, Scorpion and Carnage were lined up for season three. Yeah. And um, furthering the um, the situation between him and Gwen and, uh, and MJ. Which would uh, is completely counter to what he's saying here. The initial order was 13 episodes, and we got an order for 13 more, period, as if they were going season to season. No, um, they had a full 60 episodes planned over five seasons. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I read, and that was from... And, a... Sorry, go on. So I was going to say, and he was planning on doing a, a, a series of uh, movies as well. The first of them was going to be um, a sort of what we did on a summer vacation, which would probably have been a Sandman-related story. Um, mm. And possibly uh, um, uh, Hydro Man as well, because Sandman was starting to move towards um, the good side in his final appearance. So it would have made sense to uh, sort of bring him in and then use that as a, a jumping off point for Hydro Man. <sighs> uh, yeah, and that is what I read too. That's I think that's what this kid in the uh, Twitter comments was under the impression as well. And, and Weissman seems to be saying, he seems to be acting a a bit of a dick to be honest as if um mm. as if he just wants to brush this all under the carpet and, and move on which you know fair enough as i said it was 13 years ago and well, uh, as as far back as five years after the show was cancelled remember he he sent out that really arsy tweet or maybe it was um a, an editorial where he basically said look this is the last time i'm ever going to talk about spectacular spider-man it's done we're moving on mm. the line has been drawn under it there's nothing more to say and uh, now it's all come back up again about seven years later yeah, so he clearly doesn't want to talk about it anymore. And, um, yeah, it's a shame that, in some respects, uh, they won't just allow, 
you know, someone else wants to take the reins and, and do it as a comic book. I, I don't really understand why that would be a problem. Um, that's... It wouldn't be quite the same, though, would it? Sure, we get the story closure, but... It, it wouldn't, but at the same time, uh, you know, if there's a market out there for it and people mm. want the story beats, then, you know, it's it's not the worst thing in the world. And yeah, and if you and if you're not interested, then don't pay attention to it, really. Um, <laughs> that is what happened with the Buffy the Vampire Slayer season eight comic, really, isn't it? You had the official yeah, TV true. show end, but they, they did carry on in comic form. Um, but with the way that comics are at the moment... Is that likely? Because they don't want to give people what they want at the moment in comics. And <laughs> even if they did, could you imagine the hack fraud that they'd get uh, to write it who had no interest in it and was just doing it as a, a platform for for just their own uh, self-insert character? And, oh, they, they'd ruin it. <laughs> absolutely. 2020 comic culture would absolutely ruin it if they got the chance. Mm. Yeah, no. This is the Valentine's Day episode, everyone. <laughs> Sponsored by Love. Proudly sponsored by Love. <laughs> That's just a uh, an arrows an, an arrow film special um full of uh murder and uh and betrayal, I think, isn't it? That's <laughs> from 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 Hungary. <laughs> Directed by Lars von Trier. <laughs> I think that needs to be a running gag where every episode we uh, we mention Lars von Trier just in some completely random context. I think I think that'll work really well. Uh, I would like to see his line of greetings cards. All <laughs> uh, right, let me. Have you got anything else to say on that before I switch gears? Um, there's so much to say about Spectacular Spider-Man. Maybe we'll devote like a whole episode to it at some point just to really get into the the weeds of it but um yeah for anyone interested um in spider-man it is probably the best we're ever going to get um stick with it for a few episodes because it uh it maybe takes a little bit of time to build up but characters story world building voice acting it's all so perfectly realized um that you don't even realize how good it is until you're until you're in in deep with it it's so good. It's so good. Yeah, I can't believe that it's uh, as short a series as, as it is. Um, I mean, uh, 26 episodes, and yeah, it feels like... so much in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you think that uh, Gangland, the, the musical Valentine's Day episode, um, is the... I think it's within about three episodes of, of the finale, and that brings to a head, like, three major character story arcs, all beautifully uh and it's all done within the space of about 21 episodes 23 episodes mm. magnificent writing i'm going to shift gears now mm. if you'll let me um mm-hmm. i watched a film a few days ago which may surprise you it <laughs> was this film bringing it up on the screens uh for those hey! yay happy valentine's day i knew you'd like that Ah. Oh. So, Yay. so I don't know what possessed me to think. I know <laughs> I watched the lighthouse, but um, I did, and that's a trip. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the best films ever made, to put it mildly. It is an astonishing piece of work. It really is. Um, and before I say anything else, um, I'm just going to stand. Well, I'm not going to stand up, but pretend I'm standing up. Uh, but I am going to lightly applaud into my microphone. Um, 
for um god i've completely my brain tonight is just gone um for uh for twilight guy what's he called Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson. That's the one. Uh, for watch Robert the Green Pattinson. Goblin like no one else. He. That is. I mean, I've never been one of these people that's been particularly down on Robert Pattinson. To be honest, I have no opinion on him one way or the other. He was in teen vampire, uh, you know, dramas. So what? I, I've never really uh, based my opinion on him one way or, or or the other because of that. But I did not expect him to have this performance in him um willem defoe you know it's <laughs> until they make him the joker this was the role he was born to play um the joker yeah until they make him the joker. oh until they make... sorry the... right yeah um willem defoe is just a genius and <laughs> to be honest i i'm not as astonished with his performance because i i expect this from him um and i think you can talk about all the great actors that there have ever been and you know a lot of people say de niro's the best ever or pacino's the best ever i think when you watch someone like willem dafoe who is so uh, committed in the um in just everything he does but also does something interesting and everything is so different and so exquisitely crafted um i i think willem dafoe doesn't get nearly enough praise and i'd, I'd hesitate to say that he's potentially in the top five ever and um yeah far yeah, far 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 um overshadows anyone like a De Niro or a Pacino not that they weren't important actors in their day um you know they they were responsible for bringing a completely different type of performance to cinema performances that uh, that the big screen had never seen before um in the in the early 70s um but when you look at an actor who is capable of doing everything and making the you know it's someone that you feel exemplifies um craft exactly exactly what i was gonna say he you feel like he could go back to he could do shakespeare and he can do stupid um modern comedies he could he could just do it all so capably mm. and uh and so that's my long-winded way of saying his performances is excellent uh, and I expected that of him, and so <laughs> I'm not nearly as surprised. Not interesting in the slightest. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. Uh, as compared to Robert Pattinson, who um, I, I wasn't expecting that from. And yeah, he went full whacking Phoenix for this one. He is exceptional, and uh, both of those performances are probably two of the favourites that I've seen in a long, long time. Um, and all that praise isn't mentioning anything about the film itself, which from the total batshittery of of everything that's going on to how it's filmed and the four by three aspect ratio and mm. um it's just it's it's what i really enjoy a film to be which is that it's just interesting i think yes from it, the opening shots it just hooks you in yeah um and it tries to do things differently and it tries to 
make you uneasy and mm. it tries to make you think all by the uh by the directorial choices that are made and the visual choices that are made and from the opening shot of them approaching land on this boat and seeing this lighthouse it's just framed just exquisitely it um it's 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 had a lot of well from what i've seen there've been a lot of uh, similarities made between uh lovecraft and mm-hmm. to me this is what lovecraft looks like i think yeah. on the on a cinema Pure screen existentialist dread yeah and the horror of just life <laughs> <laughs> just these two men duck one with aspirations and hopes and the other one just just insane from the life that he's led let me and, see uh, sorry yeah. let me see if i can find my favorite shot in the film which literally happens within the first two minutes and um it goes upstairs no it's not i've seen a lot of people say that, that i mean there, there are a lot of really um you could call them iconic shots that and people have said uh you know this this is my favorite scene and this is my favorite scene but there's something about let me bring it up this one in the opening two minutes that i just found so refreshing and just i just i just love the the ballsiness of it and uh can you can you see that yeah and basically it doesn't even it's it's such a a a strange shot so you see these two characters and they're walking up to the lighthouse and then all of a sudden they stop and they look dead into the camera and they just look and they look for however many seconds 10 seconds and then they just kind of awkwardly look around and and get on with their business and it's the only time they ever break the fourth wall and there's no real explanation as to why they do it but they just seem something really um old-fashioned about it well, that's just it. This looks like a, a photograph that's taken, like, from Ex- 19, 1927. We took a photograph of these two lighthouse keepers. They've never seen a camera before, and this is the first time they've been told we're taking a picture. Exactly. It looks so authentic. Exactly. You've nailed it. You've nailed it perfectly. It's like that is the point they're trying to make. It's it's We're taking this, this photo for prosperity. This is, this is before everything happened. Um, and I just, I just love that. I, I didn't know what they were trying to, what statement the director was trying to make with it, but I, I just loved the uh, how interesting an idea that is, um, mm. which again it's never picked up on. <laughs> There's no reason why they do this, but it's just it's playing with the audience's um, uh, uh, perceptions and expectations, and that's what it does throughout the film. And one of the key themes that run through this film is uh perceptions and mm. uh, lies and dishonesty and you never know what's real and uh what's fake you never know um i mean it's sort of it's, it's not spoilers but it you know just talking more about as things progress and you don't know which side to take and who to believe in things um and and yeah it, it plays that so wonderfully well and it really is a, a head trip and mm. there are 
theories and i think the director himself has said he wanted to um frame it in regards to um two greek two uh, mythological greek characters uh bring them together um and just create this um as a uh molding of, of two uh greek mythological stories um but outside of that um i've seen a lot of other theories as to what uh the story might be about and ultimately i think as I've... it's not important yeah exactly 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 and that's something that as i've got older i've i've grown to appreciate more i think uh the lack of needing a definitive um answer for a film and stuff like that and it is really down to an or the audience's um the audience's own expect uh, you know you uh, uh perceptions of of what the story is about and and uh and, and what it all means and i finished this and i didn't really feel the need to explore theories and things i mean it's, it's like hundreds of thousands of views on the videos on youtube that 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 do try and explore it so there are definitely people out there that are desperate to know what this all means but i think what i enjoyed was uh that it wasn't really a film that ever made me feel as though i needed to know what was going on and maybe that's just me but i just enjoyed the trip of it and and thinking all of this has been set up so uh wonderfully ambiguously that um it the truth doesn't matter almost and uh and that's yeah. and that's part of the fun of it uh but yeah totally uh lovecraftian batshit um all about um unnerving it's it's i mean it's like hitchcock in 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 how the uh the brilliant way that the direction um mm-hmm. and, and the, the score and the score and the and the way the actors so wonderfully um command uh their scenes and uh i i I saw something about how the four by three aspect ratio helps because you know what you're supposed to focus on um yeah it it, it, i'm gonna say not only that but it um it forces that feeling of claustrophobia as well there's less Mm. space the characters feel more crammed in together and um when you have a character that's as large and you know commanding as Willem Dafoe's character is uh he he you know every every small um little segment of that screen he owns you know and uh it's just yeah it, i think in a different way f- for what it tries to do and this is a really strange comparison, but it kind of reminded me of Bone Tomahawk in the sense uh-huh. that um, it just tries to upend all your expectations in a really clever cinematic way that tries to um, undo all the tropes of cinema, if that makes sense. Yeah, it feels very authentic to the time period rather than a Hollywood blockbuster based around this contemporary period. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, this period, sorry, using contemporary, uh, often language is uh, is the thing that lets it down. But this Bone Tomahawk, The Vavitch, three excellent films that just 
feel like so someone just took maybe like a a script uh that or a poem or something written from the day and then just said yep this is the shooting script mm. learn learn how to pronounce these things because this is what we're working <laughs> and yeah and just trying to do something interesting with cinema um and that's something i'll always appreciate regardless of of the outcome and uh yeah it's 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 exquisite it really is exquisite um i it's really interesting how i got to so I, this isn't really spoilers, but I'm going to talk about something that, that happens a little bit. in. Um, it gets to the point where uh, it's the night before um, uh, they're expecting to leave, uh, leave the lighthouse. And by that point, I was convinced that this was coming into the final act and we were going to have you know, a, a big climax as to whatever was happening, whatever was unnerving was would reveal itself and and uh, and, we, and we get a, a final conclusion. And I looked at the timer and it was only 40 minutes in. <laughs> and I was so stunned that everything, it just felt as if it had been a lot longer, not in a negative way, but just I, I felt as though I'd been beaten so much <laughs> with everything that had happened. And that's another thing as well. It's a really visceral film in the sense that uh uh that these characters suffer <laughs> and you suffer with them. yeah and and you really feel it um as, as, as you watch them uh especially robert pattinson who is the dog's body on the island and has to do all these jobs and they do a great job of making you really feel the harshness of the weather as he as he goes around and and has to you know use this wheelbarrow and go up hills and the rain's lashing down on him um it makes you it makes you um really empathize with him and so i looked at this and so i was only 40 minutes in and i felt emotionally exhausted almost just from just from the tension of their relationship that was building and um and uh and and all this manual labor uh and it it was almost a bit of a jesus don't know if i could take another hour of this just because of of of, of the emotional strain it's putting me through um it's definitely nowhere near for everyone um there would be a lot of people oh God, i can't that... think of many people i would recommend this to and no. people i know like general audiences yeah absolutely um it's it's very very niche but if you get it you will absolutely love it um i was surprised to see it's coming up to two years old now it came out in 2019 um i yeah, thought it's thought... quite a fun distributor i think oh did it really um was so, he it's not a big film no uh was uh there any oscar nominations for this do we know i don't think so i don't think they tend to vote for films that have willem dafoe masturbating onto light bulbs <laughs> It should be a category. It really should. Yeah, it should be a um, category. Yeah, <laughs> there was a lot of masturbation in this film, actually, wasn't there? Because uh, Robert Pattinson's so much. character, <laughs> <laughs> farting, masturbating, swearing, drinking, and seagulls—they're the uh, the main components <laughs> of the film. It was nominated for best achievement in cinematography wow. at the 2020 Academy Awards, which is. Um, well deserved. It should have won. Uh, I don't know what mm. else was nominated, but it's astonishing cinematography. But I'm appalled that uh, 
that neither actor was considered for a uh, best actor, best supporting actor, because that's well. Again, can you see the likes of like Tom Hanks introducing the Lighthouse as you know best actor, <laughs> panning around and all the Gwyneth Paltrow's and everyone in the audience applauding Robert Pattinson <laughs> for for his beleaguered, haggard experiences. <laughs> they would want that, you know. They'll, they'll give it to some like talking piece film like green book uh not to besmirch green book but you know a message film rather than a, a true experiment in, in yeah. what cinema can love crafting cinema it should be about. Uh, this was essentially into the spider verse of cinematography it it was a winner at, uh, at can which you'd expect oh, but but that's nice yeah. to see um got completely ignored everywhere else which is uh to its credit i'd say yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, not even like sometimes the BAFTAs will take a shine to to films like this, and uh, they haven't. That is just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, I I wish I won an Oscar so I could reject it. <laughs> <laughs> the Marlon Brando approach, exactly. Like, he, he he had to waste it by talking about Native American indigenous rights and things. He should have just been like, nope. I don't accept this because you're a joke. Did that backfire and we ended up with like Pocahontas and the Indian in the cupboard? And... <laughs> I, I can't remember. Was his, was his Oscar win before or after the early 90s Native American push by Hollywood? Marlon Brando presents the Indian in the cupboard. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, <laughs> that was in the 70s, I think. I think it was for uh, Godfather. He rejected it. Let me have a look. Oh, wow. So he was crazy well before the island of Dr. Moreau then. Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean... Uh... I know very little about the man, apart from he has a dolphin's blowhole on his head. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I nearly mentioned him actually in regards to the De Niro actor type thing, because Brando was like, he, he was the first raw actor. He, he was De Niro before De Niro. Um, in how he, his um, how he, how he, what he did on the screen, and was so, um, he he was he was unlike anyone that had ever acted before, because prior to that it was all very cinematic, and you know, uh, you had Errol Flynn types and um, yeah. Cary Grants and yeah, yeah, exactly. Brando was the first one to really go out and be be raw and, and rugged and unafraid to be violent in a in a in a visceral way and so he was De Niro before De Niro really um but all the while maintaining that that superstar uh larger than life Hollywood attitude just just because of how the screen loved him and he's so commanding and um the thing about De Niro and uh Pacino, I think, was how they were that, but they were the everyman. They, yeah, they, they, Brando commanded so much respect just from being on screen, whereas they were, you know, smaller figures that were just bubbled, you know, they, they're intense, but in their own, uh, everyman type of way. Um, right, what am I doing? Um, right, 1955, won on the waterfront, and then, yeah, best actor in the leading role for The Godfather, did not attend the ceremony. Uh, yeah, so 1973 for The Godfather. 
I was correct. And Congratulations. Then, and then, uh, yeah, Marlon Brando presents Indian in the cupboard. Yeah, that was right. <laughs> <laughs> Special, like, before the film starts, like, hello, I'm Marlon Brando. <laughs> we are about to go on a journey. <laughs> like Hitchcock's, uh, what was it, Hitchcock Presents. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I've just eaten some grapes, and now I'm about to tell you, dear listeners, about <laughs> tales of horror and terror. <laughs> I was, uh, I always got him confused with Orson Welles then, because this is uh, the fantastic <laughs> Orson <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Um, who subjective before the conjuncture that just makes no sense <laughs> it should be these peas are frozen not the frozen peas are delicious you've got it completely wrong <laughs> is it maurice lamarche that did this end up of uh yeah yeah it is yeah yeah it's such a, a, a good yeah yeah <laughs> uh um so yeah that was uh this week, <laughs> you watch Spectacular Spider-Man, and I got weirded out with the lighthouse. Uh, it, it takes a week to process the lighthouse, so uh, yeah, I, I can't, I can't fault you for not doing anything else with the week. <laughs> um, do you want to dive into uh, our Valentine's Day uh, spectacular? Um, yeah, sure. Why not? Let's, just... let's talk about love and joy and all the good things in life. While. Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson judge you from the exactly uh, from the screen. Well, I, I can I can talk about my least favorite dates, and it's the perfect image to uh, have on screen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, you do that, and I'll try and find another suitable image. <laughs> so yeah, in in honor of Valentine's Day, me and Dan were laughing about the fact that I should probably talk about some of the horrific dates that I've been on. Um, one of them sprang to mind from uh, 2014, where I'd been I'd been on an absolutely ghastly dating site because it was free, naturally, um, for the best part of three years to very little uh, um, actual benefit to my life. Um, and I, I got talking to this girl, and within, well, I say girl, woman, uh, within a couple of hours, she was of the case of, well, it's a Saturday, we've got nothing else going on. Let's face it. This is all we we're on here to do. We're on here to meet people. So let's let's find the midpoint between us, and we'll go grab a drink. I was like, you know what? That's very progressive and sensible. Saves us, you know, playing the game for for weeks on end. Let's go for it. So we arrive, and she then spends the next two hours talking about herself, pretty much nonstop um, about the guys that she'd slept with, her life accomplishments, more guys that she'd slept with, um, just just such a, a narcissist it was unbelievable i couldn't even get a, a word in edgeways just to just disengage myself and run for it eventually it got around to the the last five minutes where i was allowed to talk about you know me just you know to just introduce myself say hi i'm matt this is some of the things that i've done with my life uh she managed to finish the drink she'd been nursing for x many hours within those five minutes and then decided to call it a day Gave me a hug, told me right there that, um, well, I wasn't good enough to date her, but uh, thank <laughs> you very much for that time, and uh, disappeared. Um, the following day, I'm pulling into university, and uh, this one I was doing my uh, teacher training, and I get a text message from her. I thought, okay, this will be interesting. And the gist of the message was, 
I cannot believe the way you treated me yesterday. Going on about all the women you'd been with and just belittling me and just... You wouldn't shut up about yourself. Just, oh, if that's how you are on dates and you deserve to be single. And it's like, mm, interesting. So um, I said something vaguely polite, but uh, with thinly veiled contempt back at her. And it just caused her to absolutely explode back at me. Um, to which I just, you know, thanked her very much for her time and wished her a good life. That wasn't <laughs> good enough. So it phoned me. And it's like, no, I really, really have to, you know, get on with my life and, and go to class now. Goodbye. And hung up. And uh, and that was it for about a week. And then I get uh, a text going, hi, hi. Look, I know we didn't end on particularly good terms because, you know, th- some stuff was said by you. Some stuff may have been said by me. But, you know, it'd be really nice to just get to, uh, to talk again because I really did enjoy your company. So it's like, <laughs> uh, OK, this this is just my own entertainment by this point but it's like okay let's see where this is going and within about two texts it was back to i cannot believe you talk to women this way how very dare you i didn't even say anything to my usual standards of uh of black humor or derogatory it was just a genuine question or some mild quip that i made um and she just flew off the handle again and by that point i just had to block her because i knew this would just be a recurring thing um And then about three years later, I decided to hop back onto that dating website just out of pure curiosity. And within a couple of days, she finds me again. It's like, oh, hey, hey, remember me? We met my dad. It's like, yeah, I've not forgotten you. (laughs) It would be impossible to forget you. Um, And again, within a few messages, she was then absolutely apoplectic. This this (laughs) woman clearly had issues, absolute issues. Um, And it was one of the the most entertaining and respect dates i have ever been on uh, it's just given me just so many happy memories to think back on it every now and again and go you know what i may be single periodically but um there are worse things <laughs> <laughs> she was probably the worst one but uh, there have been others like the girl i met in uh, in birmingham and she took me to her her favorite place which was a park which was mostly concrete it was the middle of winter so everything was dead it was just barren soil gray skies and she walked over to this bench you know the the kind of horrible metallic slat benches that look uncomfortable which was overlooking a, a dead tree and said <laughs> this is my favorite spot sometimes i just come here for hours and stare and it was like okay i've got to get the fuck out of here <laughs> <laughs> i cannot get any way entangled with this woman <laughs> you'll never leave alive oh god no i think that i would rather be murdered by her to be honest and spend a lifetime in just abject basically that shot of the lighthouse is uh what life with her would be like <laughs> just the blank dead stares the grayness the stillness the hopelessness um <laughs> sorry to interrupt i'm just gonna cut in ever so slightly um They've announced the cast of uh, The Last of Us TV show. Have you seen this? Oh, God, yes. Why? <laughs> uh, so I think I stopped reading it uh, at Joel, but have they fleshed out the whole cast? Uh, only the two leads. I'll put it on screen. Uh, it's actually... it's it, it could be a lot worse. It's the man of the moment, Donald Trump himself, uh, 
Pedro Pascal. Yep, Pedro Pascal for uh, for uh, Joel, who is you know I don't have a problem with it. There are definitely other actors out there that I would prefer, but he's the flavor of the month at the minute, isn't, isn't he? Yeah. So uh, yeah, but he'll do a good job. I I really liked him in Game of Thrones. Uh, I always forget he was in that. Yeah, he he was like my favorite character for a, a long time. He played um, Prince. What's his face? Uh, but he was good. Uh, Prince former two eyes. That's the one. And then uh, and then Ellie is another Game of Thrones uh, alum. You don't. I, am I guessing this right? Is no, it... no, you don't. <sighs> you you've no need to be terrified. Oh, thank God. It's um it's the girl who uh, played. The little um, prince um Hang on. I will find her name rather than just... I want to find her! What was her name? So I've been watching Steel coverage lately. Michael Shannon as Ellie. I'd watch that. Liana Moment. And yeah, she was the head of the house and she captured everyone's hearts because she was uh, very tenacious and um, everyone bowed to her will. Do you remember? Oh, did you see any of the later seasons again? Was she Prince? the one that married Joffrey? No. That was Natalie Dormer, right? She was, yeah, yeah. No, she she was only a bit part player. She was like 14 or something. Um, and then uh, and then she dies in one of the final episodes. Uh, have you seen Up to the End of Game of Thrones? No, I didn't see the point. <laughs> no, that's that's fair enough. Uh, she gets crushed by a giant, uh, but she still manages to stab it in the eye. Um, oh, of course. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think you and I both agreed that if they were going to make this show, it should have been about six years ago, and it should have been... Um, what's her name? The girl from Justified. Absolutely. She would have been an incredible Ellie. She, she yeah, she really personifies Ellie, I think. Um, and from the very first time I saw her in Justified, I thought she was she was perfect. Yeah. Um, yep, they uh, they missed a trick on that, unfortunately. Um, and now they're doing it when no one cares. Well, they've destroyed the series, so now they need to try and get more attention for it again. Well, apparently they're doing the first bit of DLC, which is um, Joel before he met Ellie. So Joel what? when he was his least redeeming. Really? Where did you hear this? Yeah, um, I can't. It, it was only this morning. I can't remember where I heard it, but yeah, apparently DLC is going to focus on Joel before the events of the first game, uh, when he's an absolute ruthless. Oh, bastard. they're just trying to. They're just trying to yeah. justify yeah. killing him. In right, okay, absolutely. Oh, sorry, spoilers. Um, right. As if, as if uh, no one knows by this point. Well, I'm just trying to be. <laughs> it Why was... should we be charitable towards Naughty Dog at this point? Caitlin Dever, for those interested, are uh, who we are saying should have played Ellie. She's uh, twenty-four now, so I saw her in something not too long ago, um, and she was a typical brilliance. Caitlin Dever, did you say? Uh, Dever, D-E-V-E-R. Uh, in fact, I'm going to put this picture up because this is just Ellie through and through. Uh, da, 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 da. So you got that girl who, with all due respect to her, looks a bit funny. Um, and then, <laughs> I mean, this is this is Caitlyn. De- that is Ellie. If ever there was oh, going to be an Ellie, um, 
so she would have been phenomenal just from a visual standpoint and she's a sensational actress she um, really is so that would have been ideal but uh but what's she gonna do she still hey. i mean she still looks about 14 there she's and this was 2019 so maybe she could have but whatever. maybe they could do if they do a, a series that they jump forward a few years you know post um post last of us 2 perhaps she could play old rally uh yes um devout lesbian early <laughs> <laughs> i don't know whatever <laughs> um right yeah so sorry i, I interrupted um that oh, no, no. that is horrendous <laughs> <laughs> I, in fact I, I remember you telling me that story but, and uh, you you were already in the in the laughing phase when you were telling me about it you dan you'll you'll never you'll never guess the experience i've just had and uh, it still baffles me to this day um that encounter uh, which is quite something <laughs> I, I did a piss poor job of it uh, of uh, making a story out of it actually so it probably doesn't really so... i can only imagine how terrible it must have been if it was uh if there, if there were more details to it, because... Oh, yeah, well, it, it depends. I mean, uh, I'm usually pretty good at telling that with uh, a lot more sort of flair to it. It felt like a, a bit of a flat delivery that time. I'm sorry to the audience. Um, no, it was fine. Um, go on, then. What what other gems have you have you got for us? Uh, those are the only two that immediately leap to mind, but they have definitely been a few, but I just can't quite remember them because those two always take priority. Mm. Um, so... Um, I don't know. Got any? Got any you'd like to share, or shall we move on? No. <laughs> I, uh, the the audience and I have got very close over these last sixteen episodes, but not close enough. <laughs> you, that's my job to overshare then. Yeah, exactly. Um, you'll need to wait at least another two years into our relationship and get some alcohol down me. So maybe during a, a Christmas special, uh, one of these years, I'll I'll dive more into my humiliating personal experiences but uh but until then i'm keeping i'm keeping mum um <laughs> we well, in that case yes sorry you go <laughs> i was gonna say do you remember last week when uh i was talking about how piss poor of an artist the uh the hack that drew jessica rabbit was yeah <laughs> uh well i i i was googling jessica rabbit just to to find that image to to proved to you that she has like a massive forehead uh, in quite a few angles and, and it doesn't quite work to back up my point and then i thought what what do her organs look like what, what is her skeletal structure because how does this work on a sort of biological level and that led me to the wonderful world of x-ray disney art oh no i don't want to see <laughs> oh, god oh dear is this in any it's... of the stuff you sent me um, it could be. I sent over quite a few files to uh, oh, it to Dan because yeah, I went on a, a real t- deep dive exploration. Um, um, are we going to get back to the Valentine's Day stuff? Because I just found something which is I find hilarious. Oh yeah, let's do that. Yeah, uh, right. Okay, so we'll put that. To... I think this is all Valentine's Day because we we move on. I just figured, you know, hearts, lungs. It's it's all kind of Valentine's Dayish. Let me just. I I, I just. Uh, so we went from. Just at last for news, and I saw these uh, on the. Just on the, it's the um, these are the worst Valentine's Day photos ever, so mm-hmm. I thought, oh no, go away, oh, go away, Daily Mail with these stupid ad blocker notices. Ah, 
Right, okay, no, you go, and then we'll come back to this. I'll save the photos. <laughs> right, so, okay, horrendous x-rays. Well, they're not even horrendous. I mean, they're not as bad as the guy oh, that's done no. yeah, they're the fine. bones of Goofy and Donald Duck, which are really creepy. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I just thought I'd share these, because <laughs> why not? <laughs> Disney and body horror. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's pretty fine. Ari looks okay, Flanders just a fish. Sebastian, uh, Sebastian. yes, there's nothing to Sebastian. Uh, and what are we? Ah, oh, more Ariel. Never going to complain about more Ariel. <laughs> the skull looks oddly shaped. Yeah, there's there's a lot of. Uh, I should know this because my degree, but there's a lot of back skull there. <laughs> <laughs> you mean that's not the official scientific word for it? <laughs> uh, it's it's back skull, but Latin. <laughs> Back at Scullius Petrentius. Yeah. And then. Uh, oh, and then wow. The cat, which is really creepy. She looks sinister as fuck. Def- that looks like a Tim Burton skeleton looks- design, doesn't it? Tim Burton meets Welcome to the Black Parade. Oh, good call. Yeah. So, <laughs> even such, it looks like someone's gone into a children's Disney coloring book. <laughs> and then thought, how can I make this a twisted and uh, and and put skeletons in there? Uh, but I do. I mean, you got to appreciate the uh, the artistry in that. that. That's really cool. It's magnificent. Yeah. I mean, I can't quite work out. They've even managed to get a um, clavicle. You know, they they've put a lot of effort into it. Hmm. Uh, and then there's um, one of Sailor Moon as well, which I oh, is there? You explored all of them. Um, I thought I did. I don't see. Did you it. only half of them? Uh, they should be in. No. I... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's down at the bottom. And that one is a bit more creepy. <laughs> right here we go. I think it's that they're conjoined at the shoulder. Uh, yeah. Oh no, I don't like that. So they're they're less twins and more freak show attraction. And, so yeah, that's and, what I've been doing in my spare time. <laughs> and they have cat ears. Did you notice the cat ears? Oh, oh yeah. So they do. Well spotted. Yeah. Who knew? And glasses as well. By the look of it, glasses within their skulls. <laughs> it's all part of being a magical girl. <laughs> cat ears and glasses um, and skulls. Oh my! <laughs> right, I'm going to try and. So I just uh, I'll pick out some of the best of these because these are um, Valentine's Day photos and uh, similar to sorry this is all very visually for those uh, visually um, yeah interesting for those listening so I apologize for that but it's just one of those shows um, so this one made me laugh <laughs> just that looks like a um, a perfect couple. Uh, it's Sinead O'Connor and um, that Tiger King guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've got Connell in my head. What is the name of the guy <laughs> that did? Uh, it was Tiger King. I've I've no idea. I didn't see uh, that show. Everyone was saying how fantastic it is. I never saw it. Yeah. I got bored by episode three. I figured I'd seen it all by that point. So there is uh, Valentine's Day image number one. I, 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 I have many questions about this next one. That one is weird and I don't like it <laughs> <laughs> that is what no 
Come on, please. What? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Who? What? What type? Of... No, just no. Right. Why? I'm gonna get rid of that one before Twitch banders. All uh, the W words. <laughs> this is just fantastic. Uh, no matter what. Oh, this... <laughs> 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 oh dear. That's incredible. I, I thought the images of the back were actually printed off onto the um onto the back wall texture and they're not. It's actually a um a, a graphic design choice, which is just makes it even better. <laughs> the fact they said, you know what, it's stylish. <laughs> I've that or they're ghosts. <laughs> it's a it's a rap album for the ghost duo. Um I was really incredibly racist then and came up with some uber black names. I won't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Great soda Obama lands. Um, this next one is uh, has raises equally more questions. Um, <laughs> that reminds me of Sister Sister. Oh, and Camp Hussein. <laughs> <laughs> now you mention it. Yeah. The, the day- I mean, the dad did always have a bit of Saddam Hussein in him. He no, did, didn't he? That. Ray Campbell. Ray, that's it, Ray. I remember pointless things from my life, and most of the characters from Sister Sister made the cut. Um, do you remember that episode? Where, where he portrays Saddam Hussein? Um, um, when, he portrays a, when he portrays a rabbit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. I do, actually. Um, <laughs> One of the classics. If I, yeah, until you said it. Um, yeah, okay. Next one. This one. <laughs> <laughs> they they put this in uh, they, they put all these in in Valentine's Day photos. They, <laughs> I really hope that they're not Valentine's Day photos. <laughs> Which fetish site did he say you found these on Dan? <laughs> Awkward family photos. So, um <laughs> Oh, this is where the Daily Mail stole them from. Uh, obviously, but yeah, that's uh someone who I don't know. Maybe this has got a tragic backstory to it, and you know, a child, a little boy, was tragically killed, and um, she thinks that his soul rests in this wooden doll. It's uh, it's goosebumps, Lord, really. Yeah, I mean, it, it goes deeper than that. The child was killed by that very doll. <laughs> took the child's brain and put it into the doll, <laughs> and it didn't help. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> the, the end. <laughs> the brain juices are just oozing out of its mouth. <laughs> are you trying to tell me something <laughs> uh, so here's the next one this is just wonderful design really you, you've got <laughs> you've got this woman inside the silhouette of one can only assume her husband uh, what makes me laugh it reminds me of those magic eye pictures you know it's like is it a vase or is it a lamp <laughs> Or two people kissing. Like... <laughs> it reminds me of like the uh, what's the the uh, the Superman um, the the triangle. God, what's this called? Negative zone, something like that. Negative Is it negative? Zone. Phantom zone. That's the one. <laughs> She's trapped in the phantom zone. She could just out. <laughs> imagine this spiraling through space. <laughs> or she dwells in shadows. You know, that's just some random oh. person and she's looming out of the uh, the void. Oh, I like that. That's a great idea. Oh, that yeah. would be a good one. Okay, mm. trademark that idea. Shadow, shadow hoppers. 
Shadow. Oh, that's yeah, that's pretty good. Shadow hoppers. I like that. Um, right. We we we're having too many good ideas. Let's go back to eating retards. Uh, this is another one because uh, I know when I'm thinking of romantic photos, I get my bow out and I go topless. <laughs> I had to, I had to double take on that because I didn't realise that was her leg that he was holding. He <laughs> <laughs> had one of those withered legs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Um. This reminds me of the date that you just said you were on. <laughs> no offense. <laughs> it's just the, oh the, the, the sheer horror of both people involved <laughs> being on this date. <laughs> I do own that shirt. <laughs> the, the guy's wearing a just do me uh, sweatshirt. Um, oh, there's so much to unpack in that photo. <laughs> this, I, th- I think you'll like this one. Uh, going back to the stellar, stellar artistry in the uh, from the photographer here, um, <laughs> who uh, has, has has felt the need to um, put this this woman's husband's uh, disembodied head as a as a spectral ghost inside a clock, um, which is yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of. Um, did you ever see The Exorcist? Uh, no, I've still never seen it, unfortunately. Uh, in, uh, I think it's the uh, the director's cut, um, there's a shot of Pazuzu, and it just flashes up on screen in the corner when she goes into the kitchen, and it's a lot like this. <laughs> Not too far off the design, either. Pazuzu was a terribly designed monster. Uh, 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 right. Next one, just because... <laughs> Um, so... <laughs> what is the story of this one? I have to know. I don't know, but nothing <laughs> says romance like uh, is it? A, it's not a cat, is it? What is it? Some sort of rodent skull? Uh, skeleton? Can't work it out. I, does it have very, very long feet, or is it just crouched, ready to pounce? Yeah, it looks crouched, ready to pounce. Um, I mean. <laughs> Let's, let's... had flesh the moment a few minutes before they took the photo oh my god <laughs> I mean could you imagine like if if you're going out to get your photo taken you think oh I know what I need for this photo session <laughs> my dead cat's bones Mr. Poffums <laughs> <laughs> bones the cat <laughs> okay what else have I got um okay this one is uh pretty good uh this is exactly what you want when you go to niagara falls <laughs> is uh <laughs> <laughs> a man pushing his severely handicapped wife over the edge of niagara falls <laughs> oh. uh, okay <laughs> okay um uh, this is uh this this is a man with his true love. Um, and by his true love, I mean a chainsaw. <laughs> 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 and uh, and there's just a woman next to him. But he's got everything he could possibly hope for. The chainsaw, the wife, the couch. Why does he look so miserable? <laughs> and yeah, that's all I've got. 
that's all I've got for uh, this edition of uh, Valentine's Day couple photos. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, uh, it, it could be worse, Matt. It could be worse. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we were having a... Or we mentioned it just as we were discussing the topic last night as to what we might uh, talk about. Um, I suggested the idea of uh, crushes that we've had from TV shows past that would make terrible partners that we were maybe thinking a bit more, um, not necessarily with our dicks, but um, that we were getting too caught up in... I don't know. What would you say? Um, I don't know how um, to finish the sentence. But 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 you know what I mean when you're attracted to someone and you don't think it all the way through. And uh, uh, infatuation. Infatuation, yeah. And uh, it really means you'd, you'd actually be a terrible couple. And um, Matt has got some of his suggestions for us lined up. Matt, would you like to talk us through uh, some of your crushes, or maybe the crushes that that you feel? you would have been good with and you know they've missed out um yeah i mean i don't even know if i was gonna go that sort of deep into things really this was more just like ah these were the the characters during my you know formative years of growing up oh, okay all right oh no then then that, that's that's that, that's a far happier that's a far happier way of doing it i was gonna go the complete opposite way but <laughs> no i thought i'd uh, i'd switch it up a bit and be uh sentimental and do something nice for a change. Well, go on then, Matt. Um, we're coming up to the hour and a half mark, so uh, yeah, let's oh. let's let's uh, finish this up on a positive. Would you like to uh, talk us through um, your 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 crushes throughout the years? Then tell us uh, tell us more about that. I really had to wrap my brain on this one, um, but then it all started flooding back to me. Um, I mean, there's the obvious ones like um, Rogue from the animated X Men series from the nineties who oh i mean she she was just amazing she had confidence to spare she had that the the big hair and accent the accent yeah she just oozed um just sexuality and charm um let's so yeah, she, i like how you didn't mention the the what's most obvious about this photo which is the uh pretty stupendous figure um, yeah, to be honest, not even something I twig really. It's always the voice and the uh, the sort of coquettishness and, uh, and playfulness that she has with uh, Gambit. Okay, she's... so you want to be regal about it? Okay, fine. Yeah, yeah, she was one of those characters where I mean, sure, she's she's got the assets, um, <laughs> but it really was just her personality and the voice and and her dynamic with Gambit just gave her such just it, it made her stand out. So it wasn't just from a character design point of view, because all the women in the show were drawn pretty much the same, mm. um, just in different colours of spandex. But uh, she she stood out, and I think she still does for a lot of people. You know, this is like the rogue for for most nerds. Oh, it, uh, def definitely for me. I agree with you one hundred and ten percent. Major crush on Rogue. Uh, for me, it was entirely the accent, uh, <laughs> and uh, and as you say, that playfulness with it. It was just as a um god i've uh, how old would i have been not even not even 10 like eight 94? something I yeah 94 i'd have been like eight or something seven eight and so as uh as a kid that young uh it really wasn't an, an awakening to uh 
a new type of woman, I think, because uh, mm. you, yeah, you, you generally didn't really see anyone as playful and um, spunky, I think, uh, as, uh, as, as Rogue was in the X-Men series. And on a similar note, um, Black Cat, Felicia Hardy from uh, Spider-Man 95, and even more so from Spectacular Spider-Man, she was another one um, where, again, you know, drawn to perfection, but just sheer sex appeal uh, from her voice and, and character more than anything else. Uh, I mean, looking at it now, definitely, probably more so figure. <laughs> but, uh... they, you do think, though, if they got rid of the boobs on these character designs, it'd pretty much be men. Uh, but that's pretty much all women in comics at the moment. Yeah. Um, I agree with you to an extent on that. I don't know if I was so caught up in the Mary Jane romance that Black Cat was always the evil temptress um, <laughs> in my incredibly pure uh, mind. <laughs> do, you know, do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, but uh, certainly in the later years when I rewatched the show. Uh, oh, you, you're absolutely right. Uh, yeah, uh, who else have we got? Uh, I'm just oh, sort of skimming through. Are we doing um, it chronologically? Um, yeah, sure. We'll, we'll just scan and pan through. Um, I sort of skipped through some random ones. Because it started with, uh, do you remember a show on Nickelodeon called Two of a Kind? The Mary Kate and yes. Ashley Ong. Yeah, of course, yeah. Do you remember the babysitter in that? Or the child mind or whatever her name was? Let me bring up a photo. I think I do. Let me have a look. Oh, uh, just, yes, I do. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she was one of the first major crushes because uh, she was like the the cool older woman. Um, and yeah, she she was just pure nineties sex appeal from a totally Nickelodeon standpoint. Yeah, one hundred percent. She uh, she you'd have expected it to be. An acoustic singer, songwriter, or something like a Lisa Loeb, or a, yeah, or, or a Joss Whedon standing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, hundred and ten percent know what you mean. So yeah, she she was a, a massive crush back in the day. Um, just sort of browsing through the the various images, and then um, on a similar note, Willow Rosenberg from Buffy. I know a lot of people were more for say Faith because she was like the. Uh, the angsty, spunky one, or Buffy, because she was the, the blonde Californian. But let me just. Oh, well, it, well, it was just really sweet and cute. Let me just and go adorable. back to Sally Wheeler played the babysitter, and she's only worked sporadically since. She was in uh, Spin City, an episode of Spin City, and then ah, for a moment, I thought she was the redhead that went out with J. Fox. No. Well, I mean, maybe she did, but if she did, it was only a single episode. Um, and then in not much. In not much, unfortunately. Such a shame. And, Such a talent. Yeah, and she will... Jesus Christ. This will freak you out. Um, she is now 51. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, she she was coming up to 30 when she did uh, Two of a Kind. I suppose that's not so bad, because I remember there was a constant will they, won't they, with the dad... So, uh, oh yeah, it's just she's. I mean, she looks incredible in in the show. Yeah. You you wouldn't have thought she was nearing thirty at all. She really did look like a a baby. You know, a, a, a twenty twenty one year old baby. Something like that. Yeah, but I just she was just such a fun character. So it it was hard not to like her. She was 
she was the cool older woman uh, from an adolescent standpoint. It was like, yeah. Yeah. Um, right. So, sorry. So, Buffy. Um, yeah, Willow. Everyone had a crush on Willow. And uh, it was either Willow or Faye. And I could never... I was like... I suppose I'm just a little bit too... Um, I'm, I'm too Luke Skywalker in the sense that I, I always just crushed on Sarah Michelle Gellar because mm. <laughs> you know she was blonde and the <laughs> that's star. What Luke would do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, that's what I'm saying. It was it's really quite straight edge. It's 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 what you know. It's it's uh, it's the mainstream opinion. Um, whereas, yeah, I, I do know at the time it was like every. Okay, so this is purely my experience of internet message boards back in the late 90s, early 2000s. But the general consensus was definitely Faye first, which I, I never understood. And I, I it was a gotcha appeal. Yeah, but I've I've never been attracted to uh, Eliza Dushka. Is it Eliza or Alishka? Eliza? Eliza? Elisha? Elisha, I think. Uh, yeah, uh, to Miss Dushku. Um, <laughs> um, I yeah. Even today, I just not attracted to her. What? Um, right? A, yeah. Right now, you're not attracted to her. No. Uh, from like either visually or personality-wise, there's just nothing about her that that does it for me. I can understand the appeal of Willow as a cute, you know, um, cute, naive, cute, naive, naive, yeah, innocent, yeah, uh, big-eyed type. Um, so I can understand that. Um, uh, even though she does go a bit more attitudey, I think later in the show, doesn't she? Yeah, um, it's it's really sort of the season two, three when she's with Oz and pining for Xander. Yeah, um, but I was always uh, Buffy guy, pretty pretty yeah. simple. And and as I say, that was the minority. The people weren't interested in Buffy. In fact, I'd even <laughs> go as far as to say that that more. Uh, more guys were interested in Dawn than uh, than Buffy. Uh, I know Dawn had a big <laughs> following. She has youth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, in fact, a friend of mine at school had a massive crush on on Dawn. Mm. Um, I can see that. Yeah, she was really good in the sequel to Road Trip, uh, a movie that probably only about twelve people have ever seen. But Road Trip Two, Euro Trip, surprisingly funny, uh, uh, and she's in that. I thought you were going to say Harriet the Spy. She was really good in, in the sequel. In the sequel to Harriet the Spy. She wasn't good in the first. I mean, everyone, the spy. everyone was good in the sequel to Harriet the Spy. <laughs> that's that's what I first knew her from. Did you ever see that? I think uh, no. we we rented it from Blockbuster. We maybe even got seen it in the cinema. Yeah, Harriet the Spy. Uh, let me look into this. Was that one of the Nickelodeon original movies? That's what I'm going to find out. 1996. Uh, da, 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 da. Harriet the Spy. <laughs> Yeah, it was Nickelodeon. <laughs> Harriet the Spy. Yeah, yeah, I did see it at the cinema. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It did come to the cinema. I thought it did. And uh, huh. this was in '96, so it, it was one. Of, it, that was one of the first instances where I can remember being, "Hey, I know you. You're 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 from this thing. What are you from?" And then, yeah, Harriet the Spy. Uh, I always get confused between that movie and the uh, the one when Billy Connolly plays the voice chip in the dog, and I can never remember the name of it. Billy Connolly plays the voice chip in the dog. It, it's it's terrible. It was one of those really crappy nineties movies where they just said, "Oh, we've got um, a dog that's not doing anything this month. Let's just put it in a film, and we'll get the celebrity voice flavor of the day to just 
can't remember pause or something. Anyway, I I digress. No, I want to find out what year was it. Uh, round about the same time, early nineties. Pause. Yeah, you're right. Pause. It was pause. Yep. Is that the dad? Yeah. That a Beverly Hills Ninja? Uh, could have been both. Yeah. Um, both pa- probably as sensical as each other. Uh, pause. Uh, Nathan Cavallari, uh, Emily Francois, and Billy Connolly as the voice of PC the dog. Enough. So he's not even called Pause. Yeah. No. He wasn't called Pause. No, he was called PC for some reason. Uh, an engaging blend of laugh and thrills, so says the Daily Star. And they stand by that even now. <laughs> it's the headline on the front cover of the paper tomorrow. Um, <laughs> four points. Pause rediscovered by a local podcast. <laughs> it's got an MDB rating of 4.7 out of 10, but only 731 ratings. So. <laughs> I find that shocking. <laughs> you've you've really yeah. dug into Grasp- the bottom of the barrel for that one. <laughs> Has it got a Blu-ray? It says HD. Why does it say the HD on the post? I, I think it comes bundled with... Um... Nope, the joke's gone now. Got it. The sweet <laughs> life. The sweet life. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, right, so we're not talking about that so we've uh, done willow uh mitchell track but yeah, yeah. Uh, on the sort of similar vein to to willows um <laughs> how this one hasn't aged well uh chloe sullivan from smallville you know she was just the willow rosenberg of smallville um <laughs> and, uh, and now she's uh in prison for being the founding member of a sex cult which is a damn shame because it was so un antithetical to everything her character stood for in the show. I'm sure there was definitely an episode of Buffy where Willow becomes a sex maniac, doesn't she? Oh, there is, yeah. There's yeah. Uh, the, the one when she goes into the parallel world where she's a vampire. Um, yeah, but, true. I mean, uh, Chloe from Smallville, uh, the way her actress turned out to be the uh, the ringleader in a sex yeah. cult. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know how to pick him. I really do. <laughs> but again, no, you, you're absolutely right. She does. She's a combination of. Uh, or is she just a bit more of a forward Willow, really? She she does have a lot of Willow's tendencies, but she's more um, outgoing, I suppose, isn't she? She's not as introverted. She's more tenacious. Um, yeah, she was definitely tenacious. Mm. Uh, plucky. She, plucky. Plucky. Yeah. Yeah. And she get... had personality, which is something that Lana Lang didn't have in uh, Snow Shovels. <laughs> um, yeah, but she was the more traditional uh, eye candy, I suppose, wasn't she? They they tried to make uh, Chloe look as mousy as possible. And yet it um, didn't work. <laughs> she always looked really, uh, really attractive, whereas I never really thought much of Lana Lang. That's that's again from this perspective that you don't go for the mainstream, whereas uh, my Luke Skywalker tendencies do. <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> it's just Matthew research says I must find this one attractive. Therefore, <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Uh, I think it's a psychological thing. I don't know. It's like you, you, that that girl is the main girl. Therefore, you like her. I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. No, she's she's pretty. Um, she doesn't have a personality. No, well, that's fine. She's pretty. Uh, <laughs> we can give her a personality in our head <laughs> that just means I have more time for reading while she sits in the corner um, right okay who else have we got 
Uh, we've not done this chronologically. Are you purposely skipping over uh, Dana Scully? Uh, no, no, I just sort of hopscotched them. Um, yeah, Dana Scully, God. another another big one. The the sexy nerdy redheads of uh, of my informative years. Definitely got a type. Oh, I tried to put Lola Bunny and clearly Roxanne in as well, but <laughs> Lola Bunny was a, a sexual awakening. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Dana Scully, she was uh, just, you know. Jillian really Anderson. Know <laughs> she looks like uh, Nicole Kidman there, actually. She does, actually. That's very eyes wide shut. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Hmm. Oh, I should have added um, Safine from Moulin Rouge to that list as well. See, in retrospect, all these things, it should have just been an off-the-cuff thing rather than hunting for images. Yeah, in uh, in retrospect, it really is becoming clear that every, or well, most films, <laughs> most films we watch, it's just like, oh my god, pretty lady. <laughs> <laughs> like the mermaid from the lighthouse. <laughs> Speaking oh, of which... Oh dear. Uh, um, I mean, one that every every man our age can agree with Natalie Portman in Attack of the Clones <laughs> where did that come from from Mermaid <laughs> um, I can't remember <laughs> there, there would have been some <laughs> there would have been to my brain I thought you were going to make me bring up the aerial <laughs> x-ray photos it's like, <laughs> speaking of which speaking <laughs> of which there are the exacts mm. <laughs> oh dear me um, yeah, uh, everyone knows that one scene that you that you're talking about. Yeah, I did find a picture of it. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, I I don't really know what to say to be honest. Um, you can't really argue yeah. with the Natalie Portman. I think. I yeah, I choose. Uh, yeah, just, just like stunningly beautiful. It's a, it's a shame that they didn't. I mean, you you want to talk about characters without a personality? I I, I do think I think uh, Padme is um at the very top of that list of um pretty but no personality i think yeah pretty just much like you mcgregor as obi-wan yeah exactly um you know you can say lana all you like but she fills that um that uh that trope that tr- that what sorry that t-shirt out <laughs> no she, no she didn't she didn't even do that um, <laughs> no, I just mean she she fills the trope of being the character that that Clark needs to save every episode because she's so stupid to get herself into ridiculous situations. Um, it was amazing. It's between her and um, Kim Bauer for oh who put themselves in more peril, and Kim Bauer just takes the biscuit, doesn't she? I don't think there's been a scene of television better than uh than, than where she's lost in the desert and, and is attacked by a puma <laughs> but she's caught in the trap that was going to be used to trap the puma <laughs> and then she gets kidnapped by the crazy guy and locked in his bunker <laughs> and this is what after, so she's on the run mm. from <laughs> she's an au pair and she steals the child and she's on the run from the crazy boyfriend she ends up lost in the woods after a car crash trapped in an animal trap, harassed by a large cat, kidnapped by a redneck, and taken to his bunker, and then released just in time for a biological chemical attack to be declared (laughs) on the city. And then, and then she returns to the house she escaped from, and then gets kidnapped by the crazy boyfriend. All in the space of 12 hours. (laughs) You see... I don't remember the crazy, but I remember 
that uh, her boyfriend has to have his arm amputated because of her shit. And it's like, <laughs> did they, were they escaping and they crash in the desert uh, because of some stupidness that she gets up to and he has to have his arm amputated. And yes. I, just, I, I just remember him sitting in hospital on the phone to him and be like, no, everything's fine. And then it pans out and he's missing an arm. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. He's going to come back as a villain in like the final season with a cool robot arm. <laughs> <laughs> Um, they, they make a wonderful joke about it in happy endings don't they <laughs> oh they do yeah yeah happy endings is well worth checking out <laughs> um and you can also put alicia cuthbert on the, on my list because yes. uh, especially on happy endings oh she's a she's a real delight she's adorable <laughs> the episode when she's in that neck brace and she has to she all of her head movements are like batman from the michael keaton <laughs> era <laughs> Makes her so much more endearingly charming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a what a show! Oh, she's great. Where's she been at the last decade? Uh, I think she got married and was happy to play housewife. Uh, she went to Sarah Michelle Galloway. Yeah, I uh, I actually listened to an interview with Freddie Prince Jr. the other day. He's uh, a really nice guy. I didn't know too much about him, but he's uh, yeah, he's. Very enthusiastic and outgoing, but uh, really nice. And I was like, okay, yeah, I approve, fine. But 20 years <laughs> later. <laughs> you, you now have my blessing. Now, now you have like 18 kids or whatever it is you've got. I'm trying to find a photo of this uh, puma scene and I can't find one anyway. <laughs> Scrub from the internet. Yeah, must have been done. It is It is phenomenal though. I mean, season two is uh, is a trip. <laughs> Um, but anyway, Natalie Pullman, yeah, everyone knows Natalie Pullman, how, uh, how very pretty she was in, in, the episode two, especially, uh, despite... I would say because she looks like she has a head cold in most of episode three. Well, I mean, the way I look at it, she's constantly fighting against awful material, and, uh, it doesn't matter how <laughs> good she looks, you want to turn away from the screen because of the horrendous dialogue and how she's delivering it. And uh, that's probably doubly so in episode three because some of her lines are arguably worse than Attack of the Clones. Somehow, somehow, I mean, it's it's a better film overall, but um, yeah, but her every, dialogue is every one of her lines is a clunker in that one. Yeah, it's only because I'm so in love with you, then love has blinded you. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was watching recently the uh, room edit of that. Did I send you that? Have you seen? Oh, did you send yes. me that? Yeah, I sent you. That. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. I thought you did. Uh, yeah, it, it popped up on my YouTube recommended again, and so I thought I had to watch it. That is just perfect. That is, I'm I'm happy for episodes two and three to exist purely because we got this uh, this satire. For anyone listening, go on the YouTube. What is it? It's 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 the room, Star Wars. Uh, Tommy yeah, Wiseau, room or something. Yeah, yeah, it's it's well worth your time. <laughs> uh, right, let's um, fast forward to the end a little bit. We're uh, we're yeah, tracking on a bit. Uh, just sort of like naming names, people like Rosario Dawson in Clerks Two, um, such a delight. Then we enter sort of the uh, the awkward. Oh, I'm into cartoon phase where <laughs> we had like Jane from Disney's Tarzan, Esmeralda, Megara from Hercules. Uh, Misato from Evangelion. Uh, yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I couldn't find a better picture of Jane. I really loved that one though. Of who, Her character pointing at a baboon. 
<laughs> of the uh, that one. Uh, I I don't think I don't think I've ever seen. No, I, I saw Tarzan a long time ago. I can't remember anything about it. Um, yeah, oh, I, I put up I put up Meg. You said Esmeralda, didn't you? Oh, and Esmeralda as well. Yeah. 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 Um, no, Esmeralda never did it for me. Go back know. and rewatch. You might be surprised. It was enough to turn a Disney villain into a horny demon preaching lunatic. So uh, you know, she's got something going for her. Yeah, I. Yeah. You just don't like the traveling folk, do you, Dan? <laughs> you see, I was going to make that joke, and then I thought, no, we've already gone way over the top for this episode as it is. Every episode now is just going f- way, way off, uh, off the, uh, off the, <laughs> off the we reservation. So, yeah, we were so wholesome in our first episodes. What happened? Mm, we have become too comfortable. Let's hope that uh, none of us have ever actually make a name of ourselves because if, if they find these podcasts we, we're pretty much doomed yeah that's true especially with what I've got lined up for our finale right let's do that then um, is it the letters by any chance it is oh yes uh, every week Matt uh, accumulates letters he's promised me something special this week so I won't uh, I'm not entirely sure what he's got planned but yeah he gets letters because no one sends us any but you f- can feel f- that was that tried to be a sentence you can (laughs) send us letters to read if you would like so please feel free to do that at charisma vacuum podcast at gmail.com but until then matt collects letters from across the internet so matt what have you got for us this week i would like you to put up the picture of uh, robert patterson and uh, willem dafoe staring into the camera so i can read these with uh, the correct visual imagery hang on let me bring it up so yeah, this time I thought I'd do something a little bit different because again, it's Valentine's Day. I want to oh. do something romantic and and nice and ah ah. Right. And so I did a deep dive into the world of Harry Potter and Sonic fan fiction. And oh I my found god! Two, I found an excerpt uh, from one and two Sonic ones, and I couldn't work out which one I liked the most. So I figured I'd just do all three because. It's episode 16. It's a milestone number. Uh, <laughs> it's a multiple of four. And uh, and w- we've earned this. We've earned this. So Can't wait. Everyone, get comfy by your fireside and, uh, and we'll begin. <clears throat> Draco leaned in extra close and looked into his gothic red eyes. He was wearing colour contacts, which revealed so much depressing sorrow and evilness. And then suddenly, I didn't feel mad anymore. And then... Suddenly, just as I, Draco, kissed me passionately, (laughs) Draco climbed on top of me, and we started to make out keenly against a tree. He took off my top, (laughs) and I took off his clothes. I even took off my bra. Then he put me, (laughs) then he put his thingy into my you-know-what, and we did it for the first time. Oh, 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 I screamed. I was beginning to get an orgasm. We started to kiss everywhere and my pale body became all warm. And then... What the hell are you doing, you motherfuckers? It was Dumbledore! End scene. Wow. I think I think we've definitely found uh, a replacement for the letters section. <laughs> oh, so oh. many typos. <laughs> that was fantastic. I think. I'm not sure. 
<laughs> it makes it so difficult to read them when there are typos because your brain is trying to autocorrect them, but at the same time. Oh no, don't autocorrect them. Just read them as they. <laughs> I wish I could find Rob Brickerman's uh, Fan Fiction Fridays because Harry Potter and the Crypto Phallus um, is, is one that stuck with me for a <laughs> good long time. But um, we really need to get around to our Sonic episode, and I figured this could be a good segue into next week's. <laughs> do it, do it. Uh, okay. Left of the second. <laughs> Sonic! Faster! Tails moaned. Something in Sonic snapped. He started to thrust hard and fast. Tails screamed in pleasure. What's gotten into him? Tails thought, moaning again. Sonic tried his best to find that one spot that would drive Tails crazy. He positioned himself in different places until finally Tails screamed loud. Sonic smirked and Tails moaned, drool coming out of his mouth. His two tails were twitching in pleasure each time he hit those sweet bundles of nerves. Tails moaned loudly as Sonic hit his prostate. <laughs> tails, white stars. He whipped his arm around the other boy's shoulders and sat up. Tails wrapped his legs around Sonic's waist. He lowered himself down on Sonic's member and moaned as not only did it hit his prostate, but it went deeper inside of him. Tails sat up and lowered himself down again, both boys moaning. This went on for a few minutes before Tails felt his release coming. End scene. I don't know what to say to that. I just, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh. I like the fact that it, it can skirt around certain words, but then just goes, yeah, you know what, prostate, let's just drop that <laughs> a couple of times. <laughs> oh, perfect. Good image. There are some better ones, but they won't show for some reason um what they refer to them as boys uh, that's so awkward i i don't like that (laughs) (laughs) no one should someone committed these words to paper you you destroyed my childhood (laughs) (laughs) oh my god (laughs) I hesitate to ask for uh, for more of these, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll go for this last one. This one's... Uh... Yeah, sure, please do. What, um... Uh, is it more Sonic or Harry it's, Potter? It's or... more Sonic. Because be. about 57% of all fan fiction is Sonic, so, you know, we've got to keep it proportional. <laughs> okay, so the final letter. <clears throat> His hands were exploring all over <laughs> Amy's body. <laughs> Sonic was squeezing her ass while he kissed her in front of her mouth and down her neck. Amy was grabbing onto Sonic's hair tightly as she let out a quiet moan. Sonic then unzipped her dress and threw it across the room. I say, yeah, I see where this is going, Mr. Naughty Boy, Amy said as she winked and then went and dimmed the lights a little to set the mood. When she returned back to Sonic, she lightly pushed him onto the bed and kissed every part of his body, starting from his mouth, leading down to the buckle on his pants. We won't be needing these, (laughs) would we? Amy asked as she removed Sonic's belt and pants. At this point, the only thing Sonic was wearing was his boxers, as he was eagerly waiting for Amy to make her next move. Amy gets on top of him and whispers in his ear, You're so fucking sexy. (laughs) Amy felt Sonic's dick poking out at her vagina through their undergarments. The end. Wow. I've, I feel a little bit turned on, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> All this talk of 
Sonic Dixon. <laughs> why, is he, why is he wearing clothes? <laughs> That's what drew me to this one more than anything. Has Sonic ever worn anything other than gloves, shoes, and that scarf at one point? <laughs> he put on clothes to seduce her. <laughs> Oh, that's an excellent point. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely in the Valentine's mood now. I suppose after, uh, after all that. Thank you, Matt. Uh, for... No, no problem. It's, it's happy to share and care and spread the, spread the good love. The good love. <laughs> <laughs> the terrible, terrible good love. Uh, that's that was a yeah a, a surprise. Um. I, I yeah I I think uh, we we'll do that again next week as long as you happy to do that I think um, uh, fan... have we progressed <laughs> oh we we we're, we're digressing we're regressing every single week at this point but let's just go with it uh, we've crossed the Rubicon uh, so we'll call it fan fiction day before Friday yay yeah it just rolls off the tongue fan fiction Thursday oh. And especially, you know, then you can go for the uh, for the furry stories. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We found our thing. Yeah. Uh, Fan fiction. What does this say, teacher? I hope. You... Oh my God! What? That's bizarre. Um. Yeah. Fan fiction Thursday with a um. Uh, accentuating the uh, furriness, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Inside us all along. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus was right. <laughs> I think. Oh, sorry, I should finish that. Jesus was right to die for our sins. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus had had enough. It'd been like these these fuckers can't be saved at this point. <laughs> Burn it. I know what's coming. I can see that blue hedgehog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a way to finish. Um... That's what Amy said. <laughs> and tails. <laughs> Gotta come fast. Oh no. <laughs> uh, I, I've got a tails figure on my desk, and I've got to look it in the eye when I get up to uh, pack away the equipment. Now. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm just thinking about the, the next time you have a uh, intimate moment. Um, at, at the at the computer, and you catch tails in the corner of your eye, <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> dare I look at him? Dare I look away? <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez, that was. Well, a... I could go on, but too many members of my family listen to this podcast. So uh... yeah, well, yeah, even if it was one, one is enough. <laughs> that was somehow inexplicably the Valentine's Day episode of the Charisma Vacuum podcast. I Keep hope it's special. Yeah, we we learned a lot. A lot of it we didn't need to learn, but now we all know, and we can all experience this together. Yeah, um, like trauma. Well, precisely like trauma. That's that's what I was insinuating. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, let us uh, let us know next week uh, when your first appointment is at the uh, at the counselor, and uh, we'll try and all work through it together. Hooray! Hooray! Um, yeah, thank you for joining us. That was uh, enjoyable, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> May I just say to everyone, Happy Love Day!
Happy love that. Yes, if if we should have got that up. <laughs> if you're fortunate enough to have someone out there who who you don't despise, and maybe they don't despise you back, and you occasionally talk to each other, congratulations. Have a very nice day, and um, yeah, hope it all goes very well for you. Uh, thank you for joining me, Matt. Do you have any last words on this special occasion? Uh, no, I think I've said everything that needs to be said. <laughs> I I think you have said more than enough. <laughs> thank you for joining me I will speak to you next week cheers guys Good night, everyone